Welcome to the Genuinely You podcast channel, which is packed with advice and tips on how to live your life with purpose. Do you wish you felt happy and fulfilled? Are you feeling stuck, wishing things could be better? Are you ready to take some action and create the life you want? To start living an empowered life, you need to recognize and make full use of the power and freedom that comes from being genuinely you. Your host is Gina Gardner, a number one best-selling author whose whole life has been about supporting people to achieve personal empowerment, helping people just like you recognize that they can. Hi there, it's Gina Gardner here and I'm your host on Passionate World Radio. Thank you very much for joining me. Today our theme is going to be about death and for many of you that may be a subject that you are don't want to talk about, that you're fearful of. And yet death is one of the three constants that we have in life. From the moment that we are born, we know that at some point we're going to die. Yes. And I believe that particularly <laughs> in the Western world these days, that we are protected so much from death. It's become medicalised and, and very clinical. And, you know, the if we'd lived a hundred years ago, and it seems amazing to me that it's that close, mm. it would be unlikely that any family would be untouched by death. Um, women died in childbirth, men, there were lots of industrial accidents, or they went to war and they were yeah. killed. And children, if, didn't, rates, if, yeah. you, if you were less than five pound born, mm. then the chances of your survival were minimal. Yeah. And so... Lots of people worry about dying and worry about the manner in which they're dying. Yes. And I believe that for many people, they don't ever live life fully yeah. because they are fearful. Yeah. And for me, the whole theme of today is around you know, our relationship that we have with living and living life fully mm. and with death mm. and our faith around death, our beliefs around death, mm. um, and how we can, to perhaps today, explore the relationship and how to um, help ourselves think about making the most of every day, because we never know. Mm. Very few of us have a choice about when we're going to die, yeah. um, unless you sadly commit suicide or you're somebody who has an assisted suicide. Yeah. For most of us, you don't really know what's going to happen. Yeah. And that's probably just as well. <laughs> um, but ultimately, I think if you learn from the people whose lives are cut short, yes, that what you learn is to value every single day. Yes. Now, I lost my brother. He died very, very suddenly. He was on a cycle um, ride and just dropped dead. Mm. 49, apparently healthy. Yeah. And one of the gifts out of that, and it was devastating and still is, mm. but one of the gifts was to really make me think about how do I spend my life? How am I making the most of my life? Yeah. And then before we opened the discussion, last week I went to a funeral on Friday. Well, mm. I'll sign it, Friday. The lady whose funeral I went to was over 100. Mm. A good age, definitely. And had definitely had a life well lived. She'd, mm. She had touched other people in a positive way. She yeah. was an amazing lady. Yeah. And immediately after that funeral, there was uh, the funeral of a young lad in his teens right. who had drowned in Clacton 
oh, a yes, couple of weeks ago. Yes, I heard that on the news, yes. And the juxtaposition of this lady who'd lived over a hundred years and seen so many changes, and yes. this young man who'd so tragically, mm-hmm. his life had been cut short. Terrible accident, yeah. And for me, it brought very much to the fore what's life all about? Mm. And, you know, is one life more valuable than the other because it was longer? Mm. I don't believe so. That how we live our lives and who we touch within our lives is more important, actually, I believe, than the length of life. Yes. Now, let me introduce Rachel Davidson. Rachel joins me um, on these chats. Um, And Rachel's written the book, The Point of Me, which actually, one of the big themes of that mm. is death, isn't it? And yes. learning to, <laughs> um, to manage um, the thought of death, not only for yourself, but other people. Yes. Do you want to give people a brief synopsis of the book? Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, it's my f- first novel, and so I thought I'd start with something easy, which um, is the subject of death. In fact, I used to, when people say to me, what, what are you writing about, Rachel? I'd say, if I was in mischievous mode, I'd sort of say, death. just to see the look on their face but the story is about a young man called James and he has a terminal illness and the denouement of the story is not that you know it's not about whether he will be saved or anything because we know pretty much from the start that um, that the terminal illness is, is, is a proper diagnosis so it's really about how James comes to terms with the fact that he's so young um he doesn't understand why this is happening to him. His family are devastated, obviously, by the news. Each one of them has um, a particular emotional reaction, a reaction that is um, guided by their own histories and their own yeah. experience of death and tragedy in, in, their, in their pasts. James f- fundamentally feels, um, or starts the book, from the point of thinking he's totally pointless. Um, hence the, the book's title, The Point of Me, because that's the arc he's taken on, which is um, t- to discover the point of himself. And, and I think that's, that is the point, I keep saying the point, that is, I think, um, what the, the lesson of death teaches us in this manifestation of life. And that's what James has to learn, which is, it, it's not actually about uh, the point of death that's the most important thing, it's it's how you approach it and how you approach the point of living that's the most important. Yeah. I mean, for instance, I didn't, I, I did consider if I, uh, when I'm beginning to write the story, if I was going to concentrate on any aspect of his illness. A couple of people have said to me, actually, you know, what, what's, what's killing him? And, um, and I, I part, I mean, there was a part lazy piece for me because I remember thinking, oh, I'm going to have to really research a lot of, a lot of yeah. illness. And then, then I thought to myself, actually, do you know what? It doesn't really matter what's killing him. It's the fact that he's approaching death yes. by any means. Yeah. And I didn't want this to be a story about a particular type of cancer or, you know, or this, that and the other. I wanted it to be about the fact that he is, at a very young age, and that's the sort of tension, facing a transition that all of us will get to. But he is a very young man. It, it seems more tragic. It seems more tragic when you tell the story of that young man drowned at Clacton. I mean, not just because it was an accident. It seems more tragic that somebody so young has their life taken versus somebody who's lived to the age of 100 
For me, the difference is that somebody who lives to the age of 100, that's very sad. And there yes. are people who are going to hugely miss and grieve that person's passing. Yes, oh yes. But it's not a tragedy. No, because because in, in the consideration of that, is is that true? It, does the 100-year-old lady, is it a happier transition than a, than a 17-year-old boy? And that's the, the tension that James is trying to work out, which is... All of this, you know, growth and energy and the burgeoning that, go, that goes mm. on, to then have it taken away, what is the point of that? And the story is at the point, well, you know, readers will have to read it and decide for themselves what the takeout is, but it is in learning to accept many things in the story, um, learning to, um, to, look, to look deeper into the behaviours of others, Learning to acknowledge that you don't know all the story. James uh, in, is shown, uh, he's taken on three very spiritual journeys. And in the second one, um, he is shown a lot of the history of his family. So he's, um, and lots of things fall into place about why his father is, the way his father is, very um, controlling, very withdrawn, very darkly shadowed. Why his mother is the way she is. Feeling very impotent, full of anxiety, desperate, desperate to be the one that is actually dying rather than her precious son. Yes. Why his sister, who's so young chronologically, but so wise, spookily wise, um, and he he sees that uh, that soul view of them. And I'm just trying to sort of say in the story, the face that you know in our busy human lives as, as we're busy getting on with paying bills and stuff, we very rarely stop to really consider the deep aspects of who we sit next to and who we interact with. And, and we think that a successful life is one of lots of money and lots of property and shiny cars. And that's definitely the Western uh, uh, approach to, uh, to success. But, but is it really? Yeah. The first thing you said about that 100-year-old lady was how many lives she touched. Yes. You didn't, you didn't tell me anything about the big size of a house that she left behind behind no. any of that because that's the point that's about living a life and I think that's for now uh, thank you and please do uh, you'll find the book on Amazon and all good bookstores The Point mm. of Me by Rachel Davidson it's a really good read I can thoroughly recommend it but I think I'd like to open it out now in terms of what is a life well lived yes and for me a life well lived is one where you positively impact on not only your own life but on other people. Yeah. Where there's this constant growth and development. It doesn't have to be, you know, um, necessarily big things, but, yeah. but actually that you're prepared to be open to learning. Yes. I believe that we are on a spiritual journey, that our life is about learning how to be a better version of who we are. Yes and that people who come into our lives give us that opportunity. And often it's the people who cause us the greatest grief uh, and, and <laughs> yes. irritation are the ones who give us the greatest opportunity to learn. Yes. But I, you know, I think back to my brother David, and the thing that gave me the greatest solace on the day of his funeral mm. was the number of people who came and said, quite independently, mm. you don't know me, but I just wanted to say your brother did this or made a difference or listened to me or gave me some time or made a difference. Yeah. 
and that, that whilst the day was desperately unhappy, mm. what you realised is that his 49 years had been filmed. Yes. He had grabbed life by the throat. Yeah. He enjoyed life, he enjoyed new things, um, he lived life with gusto. Yeah. Sometimes it was messy, he was not a perfect being by no. any means. No. He could be irritating, yeah. he could be all of those things. Mm. But actually, what he recognised as you listen to these people, and as I had written, because I gave one of the eulogies, and I look back over his life, yeah. is that this was a life which had purpose, yeah. a life where there, he had wanted to do right. Yeah. On his terms, of course, we all do it on our terms. Yes. And I think to the number of clients I've had who live a small life because they live a life that is governed by fear, of course, until we start working together. Um, because fear keeps you small, doesn't it? It keeps yeah. you stuck in your comfort zone. It yeah. keeps you... Um, and, you know, if you are fearful of everything, the chances mm -hmm. are you're going to be fearful of dying. It's the, mm -hmm. it's the great unknown, isn't it? Yes. Depending on who you talk to, there'll be people who will say, well, I'll see you in the next world and, you know, we'll be reincarnated and... Yes. Um, or I'll see you sitting on a fluffy cloud in, you know, on, in yes. heaven. Um, there are people with huge faith and they have a, a real sense that you know, this is the world, I, I'm going to do things in the world that will make it better for my next world. And yes. there are certain faiths where yes. um, that's much more important than, than what they do now. There's um, a Japanese phrase um, that is a resolute acceptance of death. Yes. And the warriors often use it. Yeah. And the warriors train, um, it, it takes a lifetime uh, to be a skilled um, Japanese warrior. And, um, and the paradox is that they're training for death, yes. to create death, but in the knowledge that in doing so they they can prevent it. Yes. Because <coughs> they can threaten but not do. And also in, in their resolute acceptance of um, the concept of a good death or, you know, this, that they choose to live in the moment yes. better. Because they're not ultimately not trying to avoid anything. They are no. progressing with presence of mind in the moment, not worried about that next second. And death I, could come. I think in the moment is a really pertinent thing because that's the only thing that we actually have any control over, isn't yes. it? Yes. The past is gone. Yep. There is nothing you can do about the past except from learn from it. Um, and, you know, I believe that it's really important that we look at the past to learn from it. Mm -hmm. Regrets don't do anything. Feeling guilty is just um, an emotion which says, do something differently. Yes. You know, what you did isn't in line with your values, do something differently. Yes. So the people who, are, who spend their time worrying and whittling and being anxious about <coughs> the past, um, that's all very good, but it didn't actually change anything. No. Until we've got time machines, there is no way of going back and doing something differently. Mm. The only thing you can do is to learn from it and then let it go. Forgive yourself, forgive other people. Yes. Otherwise that cord keeps you stuck, doesn't it? Keep pulling you back. Yes. Yes. And then there are people who spend their entire existence worrying about what might happen. Mm -hmm. All of us do it at some point. Yeah. Of and of course you've got to plan, of course you've got to look at the possibilities and do everything you can to avoid 
difficulty. Yes. But having done that, there is no more you can do. Exactly. My the problem I have is that the, the balance between looking back and looking forward and what you spend in terms of appreciating the what you have in this moment mm-hmm. is unbalanced. Yes. And so so busy looking back and looking forward that actually the now gets lost. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean just sitting here, those of you, 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 you won't know that we're sitting in my garden room and I have an internal courtyard which is full of summer flowers and greenery at the moment. And you know, it's something that I appreciate every time I look at it. Mm. You know, we're sitting here in comfortable surroundings, yep. drinking a cup of tea, having a conversation with all sorts of people yes. and engaging them in our conversation. With the wonders of technology. Yes. Now, there are times when technology drives me insane, as you know. <laughs> but actually, I can appreciate its power yeah. in the moment that here we are talking to people all over the world yeah. that we've never met, and they have the opportunity to share our chat. Yes. Yeah. Now, if I was worrying about what I'd just done before, or mm-hmm. worrying about what I'm going to do next, yeah. That appreciation and my gratitude for those things mm-hmm. would be diminished, wouldn't it? Yeah, if you're in too much of a hurry. And that's the paradox of it, isn't it? it that you bring up the subject of death and you think, and your immediate reaction is one of, oh dear, how morbid. But in actual fact, when you start talking about death, you are talking, we are talking about life. Well, absolutely. <laughs> and that's the whole point of this conversation, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, because you, there are beliefs. That the point of us being born and and dying is is just a transition for you know for our souls are moving into a human experience and then they move back out of it and onto something else and come back and repeat it and learn the lessons that our souls are trying to do. Um, but I, some people believe that the point of death is that if you didn't have that knowledge, if you didn't have that sort of everybody knows they're going to die. And would anyone actually get on and live? Or if you just had this unended, limitless, would you actually just... Where's the motivation? So it's always... Uh, it, it always amuses me that the universe has to have some balance. But if you are to the live... The yin and yang, the dark and light. Yeah, Absolutely. the chaos versus order. That there's always this... And that, that, that if, you, if you took away the negative side of that, and, and I put negative in inverted commas really because... I'm not sure that death is a negative. <laughs> you know, you have to consider that as a baby, you're lovely and warm, floating around, you know, there's this lovely heartbeat, the thudding noise, you feel, and all of a sudden you're squeezed to, to bilio and you come out to blinding light, it's cold, and there's, what's this thing called air that you're having to breathe now? And, and, and maybe that is a terrible <laughs> process. Maybe that's why we're forget and don't have a memory at first because it's too traumatic yes. and then we get on with the process of living and remembering yes it's about balance isn't it it is indeed and i think you know if you consider how when we're born and when we're first growing up the world seems such a friendly place doesn't it? everybody loves us that we are um, curious everything is new mm. I'm fascinated that there comes a point, usually about the age three or four, oh. where suddenly children become aware of that they're not perfect. 
um, they start to be aware of other people's opinions. They start yes. to recognise that um, that not everything is uh, is rosy and, and lovely. And I think it's for me, it's learning that actually appreciating who you are, wobbly bits and all, mm. and recognising that you have value just because you're you, mm. that you are something that's unique and special and that you have an amazing body that can do all sorts of things without you having to direct it. Yeah. Um, but isn't it interesting that very often people don't appreciate what they've got mm. until there is the threat that it's going to be taken away. Mm. So I didn't appreciate being able to walk unaided mm. um, until I couldn't. Mm. Yeah. Often there's a health scare where people have a heart attack and they decide life is going to be something that I want to savour and get the best out of. Mm. Isn't it sad that you have to have a heart attack before you think about, I'm going to feed myself properly and look after myself properly because mm. I want to live longer. Mm. Yeah. And that, you know, I've, I've, I've had a number of people in my life who've had very serious or terminal illnesses and there is a significant sea change the moment you're told you have a finite number of days. Mm. Don't know what they are, but you've got mm. an illness. This could potentially kill you, or it, this is going to kill you. Yeah. And then suddenly, their attitude towards life shifts yeah. and goes into a different gear. Yeah. What would life be like if we could live like that? Yes. But without the threat, without that. Yes. That non-knowing that the days are numbered, because ultimately. From the moment we're born, we know our days are numbered. We know we're going to die. Yes. But there's not that sense of urgency. That's not that sense of, I'm going to wring every opportunity yeah. out of this life. Yeah. I've spent some time in a, you know, in a hospice, mm. not as a patient, I hasten to add. Mm. But the thing that struck me is what amazing living places they are. Yes. Where yeah. people want, they're clinging on to every day mm. and making the most and how often family rifts are healed. Mm -hmm. And oh. isn't it a shame that they wait until the last moment to say they're sorry mm -hmm. or to forgive? Mm -hmm. If that had happened 10, 20, 30 years before, yeah. what a different quality of life those people would have had with those yeah. loved ones in their lives. Yeah, because it is only <coughs> with the limitation pressing against yeah. you that you realise the value of what you have. Um, and, and it is a shame. I mean, I always think of little children um, as being, um, so I, I think of it slightly as the opposite of what perhaps most people would, where I think of those little children as being the most conscious beings on the planet. They are yeah. the most connected with their spirituality. Well, they're certainly living in the moment, aren't yeah. they? they? You know, they, they're curious about nature. They, you know, there's no limits to them. Yes. And then, in my, in my terminology, they start to become unconscious. And what I mean by that is, they start to have a sense of separation. Yes. They start to have a sense of what the psychologists call the id, you know, the me. Yes. And, and that's Ego. when they begin to live a truly human life, where they feel separate, they feel unconnected, and then they have to spend a lifetime working to get back at that. So they, they move back towards mm -hmm. consciousness. In, so it's slightly different to how most people would say, because most people would say that growing up is the process of... But I, I think that separation is a is a necessary spiritual aspect of learning the lessons you have to learn in yes. order to 
to be slightly more perfect when you return. But don't you think it's interesting? <laughs> if you look at small babies and mm. you, if, when you're in view, they see you. Yes. And as soon as you go behind the chair or you go under the blanket, you don't exist. They are so living in the moment yes. that there is nothing else. Yes. Once they start to recognise that they are an individual, what also comes with that is they start to compare. Yes. And I find it quite fascinating that for the vast majority, they compare themselves with others and find themselves wanting. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a very small proportion of people who compare themselves with other people and find themselves superior. Yeah, on a, on a consistent basis, and I think there's probably... Oh, they're called narcissists, I was I going to say, <laughs> the psychologists will have given them a label. Yes. <laughs> um, but interestingly, the adults who are caring for those children in their, uh, quite innocently, I don't think their motive is at all to make their kids feel bad mm. or teachers to make their children feel bad. Mm. In the words that they use in trying to motivate and enhance that child's living experience, yeah. they actually start to make that sense of separation yes. and difference bigger. Yes. And I think it's very sad that you find young children, six or seven, who are looking... Um, on the television and comparing their bodies to those that have been airbrushed or people who are starving themselves in order to, to look good on TV mm. um, and saying, I'm too fat or I'm too this or I'm not enough of that. Mm. And I think that's, that's really, really sad. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I suppose my challenge to all of the people who are you know, involved in, in hearing this is to ask you, you know, Death is twitching your ear, mm -hmm. right? How is it you're choosing to live? Yeah, it's a great Virgil quote, isn't it? It certainly yeah. is. What are the things that you believe mm -hmm. are important in your life, and what are you prepared to fight for? Mm -hmm. And by fighting, I don't mean in the sense of taking up guns and so on. <laughs> quite well, the opposite. <laughs> I'm talking about what are the things that you are so clear about are important to you. Mm -hmm. And I think for many people, the first step is to actually identify what is important to you. They don't even know. Yeah, and that, I mean, exactly. That can be a lifetime's work, figuring mm. out what your purpose is. Yes. Yeah. But ultimately, recognising that you are enough, as you are. Yeah. You have a value, you are important, that you, that you are no more important than other people, but you are as important as other people. Yes. And that, you know, what I hope this will do is to spur you to... Think about the quality of your life. And if it's great, congratulations, wonderful. Mm -hmm. Please let us know. I'd love to know. Send comments um, through, the, through the website, the comment box. Mm -hmm. um, but also, if there are areas of your life that you want to be better or even better, then what are you going to do about it? Because mm -hmm. if you always do what you've always done, yep. you'll always get what you've always got. Yep. Nothing's going to change. You know, making life feel better, making life, um, enhancing the quality of your life and the life of people around you, you need to take some action. Yes. But what I would say to you, there's lots of stuff on the website, genuinely-you.com, um, but you can also sign up for the free app, just go to Genuinely You, it's on the Apple Store, mm -hmm. um, and you have access to all of the free resources, there's loads of podcasts and articles, there's um, a back. Uh, log of our radio shows and yes. videos and things like that. Yeah. 
Um, those are all accessible for you to download off your app or through your computer. If you'd like a free digital download of my latest best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success and Fulfillment, you'll find the link on genuinely-u.com. So thank you very much for joining us today. We really do appreciate it. We'd love to know what you think. Let us know what your challenges are. Um, and if there are any things that you'd like us to follow um, in future programs. So thanks very much for joining us. Um, you take care. Thanks a lot. This is Gina Gardner here um, from Passionate World Radio saying goodbye and take care. You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work, spanning over 30 years, of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled, and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-you.com today to find out more.